A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants, who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. The leaves are beginning to change. The brilliant colors remind us that the seasons are changing. Fall is in the air. Crucifixion is also in the air. In the beginning of chapter 21 in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus entered Jerusalem. We read that Gospel on Palm Sunday. We're still reading chapter 21, so this is Tuesday of Holy Week. Rachel Held Evans describes the week so far. First, he rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, a dramatic statement with clear messianic overtones that Matthew says put the whole city into turmoil. Then he went and overturned a bunch of tables in the temple before welcoming streams of poor and sick people to replace the money changers that had been dismissed. Later, he cursed an unsuspecting fig tree meant to represent the fruitlessness of those who rejected his message, before returning to the temple to engage in a heated debate with the religious leaders there. The chief priests and scribes demand to know by what authority Jesus is doing these things. The confrontation today is quite direct. Picking up the Old Testament language of God's vineyard, Jesus is naming the religious leaders as unjust tenants. They tend God's people for their own gain and do not yield fruits to God. They kill the prophets whom God sends to challenge and correct them. Matthew is quoting from Isaiah chapter 5, God has planted a vineyard. This takes us back to Genesis. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden, 
and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. There is also in the midst of the garden the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, from which they are forbidden to eat. Everything in the garden is given as gift. But they think that God is holding out on them. They take the one thing which is forbidden, thinking that will make them like God. When trees bear fruit, it's not for the sake of the tree, but for others who receive nourishment from the fruit. Animals, from small worms to large beasts, may eat the fruit. Humans may harvest them and use them for themselves or sell as food to others. Christian fruit-bearing are acts done for the good of others. God calls us to bear fruit. God does not call us because we are the best, but because we are available. To quote St. Teresa of Avila, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Having called us, God asks us to use whatever gifts we have and to be trustworthy. Matthew has been talking about vineyards for the past several weeks. Gathering the harvest is a sign of the end times. In the first story, the vineyard owner went to the marketplace and hired workers for his vineyard. At the eleventh hour, he hired still more workers, and the only question he asked was why they were standing idle all day. Last week, a father asked both his sons to go and work in the vineyard. One said yes, but didn't go. The other said no, but changed his mind and went. The point seems to be that God is looking for workers in the vineyard. In today's parable, the landowner sent his slaves, then he sent other slaves, Finally, he sent his son to them. In the verse just after today's passage, Matthew tells us that when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized that Jesus was speaking about them. Even though they realized that Jesus was speaking about them, they did not understand what Jesus was saying to them. When Jesus asked the question, When the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death. Do you hear how they answer him? He will put those wretches, as if Jesus is talking not about them, but about somebody else. They have put themselves outside the parable, so they are incapable of understanding what God is doing in Jesus. Remember, they ask Jesus by what authority he is doing these things. This parable is the answer to that question. Matthew opens his gospel with this sentence, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus is establishing that he is the long-awaited, anointed son of David, turning up to visit the vineyard, Jesus, then, is not representing the owner. He is the owner. 
Jesus is not coming with retribution at all. He will not put those wretches to a miserable death. That's a very human response. But the world is saved only by Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. Jesus asks if they have never read the Psalm of David, Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. When Jesus cured the blind man in John's gospel, who was then cast out, the Pharisees said to Jesus, Surely we are not blind, are we? They do not see that Jesus comes not with vengeance, but with forgiveness, even for those who oppose him. The one who was rejected becomes the cornerstone of the kingdom that God is bringing into being. This is a stumbling block, even for us. We often fail to see the very one that God sends to call us to transformation because they do not fit our expectations. We might do well to ask the question, who am I rejecting? In the kingdom that God is building, no one is excluded. Jesus' authority and power is shown quite clearly. Jesus is the one who gives life instead of taking it.